chairs on tiny tablecloths. <laughs> Welcome to the Nightmare Box, presenting Mistakes Were Made with Brett Bloom and the beautiful Kristen Pennington. <laughs> we are, uh, this is our second official one, right? Because we had the two, Aside uh, two from Star our... Tuesdays segment. So this is our third official one, right? Yeah. Hell to the fuck, yeah. And <laughs> what did we just do? We just submitted our podcast to iTunes. Hell yeah. <laughs> How did that feel? That, that took us a little bit, didn't it? Monumental. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, we've been... Uh, it's been a couple of weeks, right, that we've been like recording these and trying yeah. to get one that we like actually liked enough to send off. So it's it's been a couple of weeks now of work. CEO is fun. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers part two. <laughs> part three. So um, by the time you hear this podcast, we'll obviously already be on iTunes. But Which one did we send out today? Is it the introduction, the introduction. or the, mm-hmm. the, the two-star? Cool. Yeah. I'll uh, do the two-star later this week <laughs> Kristen runs all of the important technological things because <laughs> I freak out trying to open a word document so <laughs> I, she was like we got RSS feeds and we got uh, Podbean and uh, all this other technical stuff and I was like cool you know like <laughs> big bowl of Podbeans <laughs> coming in sober on a Sunday see the positive thing about this though after we get accepted if I ever need you to do it all you have to do is upload it and iTunes will do the rest for yeah, you yeah <laughs> yeah Give me step-by-steps. <laughs> Lots of pictures. <laughs> but no, we're learning a whole bunch of things. Um, we, I didn't get a story out this week, but hopefully I did the week that this is getting listened to. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, a, for the audience, it's going to be a little jumbled for a little bit timeline-wise because we got to wait how many weeks to, like two or three? I think three they say four. like two. Um, fingers crossed we'll get it back sooner, but they yeah. say like two weeks. So the first handful of these might be a little delayed, but that's good. That gives us a little bit of breathing room. I didn't film my short film either. So. We haven't filmed the short film yet. I didn't get a story out this week. We didn't do good on that front, but we are kicking ass with the podcasting situation, <laughs> which is just, it's taken up a little more time than I think either one of us anticipated. Like we thought we'd just be able to click and send and it would just kind of... I didn't realize how long editing was going to take. I think that tripped me up because I know how intense editing audio for film is, but I was like, oh, like I'm not syncing audio or doing anything crazy, just patching a few levels. And like, it took me a couple of hours. Well, you went through it once, right? Like a whole time before you like figured out a much, much easier way to go about it. I listened to it like just to listen to it and see if I wanted to cut anything out and then on the second playthrough of an hour long podcast I was like I guess I probably could have been editing as I was listening (laughs) this entire time (laughs) so engrossed in the conversation (laughs) I was though it was an interesting podcast it was a very very interesting (laughs) podcast brilliant was that our I'm I'm, timeline wise I'm screwing this up did we do that one on St. Patty's Day yes that that was our St. Patty's Day our St. Patty's Day so we are Officially, waiting for approval, and then we can officially be a podcast. Doesn't um, that, that feel fucking awesome? How did it feel hitting that submit button? Is it a good feeling, a bad feeling, scary feeling, like you're falling off a cliff? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Also, slightly underwhelming for all the loops they make you jump through just to submit it, and I was like, no explosions, yay, congratulations. Yeah. It was just, we'll get back to you in two weeks. <laughs> 
There's absolutely. So it's like I felt really good, but at the same time, yeah. iTunes is like, screw you. There's no fireworks that come alongside <laughs> the dream. It's just, hey, we're going to make you feel mediocre. <laughs> oh. No, but we felt that way before. We felt that way when we uh, submitted the dolls up on YouTube. I got quite a few um, hits. So there was a little bit of tension there. Mm-hmm. Tension when I you know, released the book. You know, it, it is that, holy fuck, my life is something slightly different now. Right? Pretty much entirely positive feedback, though. I did... I could have been more aggressive about it for sure, but I did send it off to like a film festival or two and yeah. we got rejected on those, but I might have been overshooting the types of festivals I was submitting to. I probably could have been a little more aggressive with smaller local I ones. Throw out but a large net. Yeah, yeah, I threw out a tiny net because we were still in school <laughs> and I was poor <laughs> and you have to pay for those things. That is stupid. Why did they make you pay for those? Um, I think it helps fund the festival itself because it's a big event that they host. Like, they put your movie on a giant screen and, like, a lot of them, I think, have, like, food and stuff like that. So, like, I I don't necessarily mind paying to submit, but it does suck when you get rejected and you're like, damn, you still have my money. Yeah, I've got, I've not done a whole bunch of competitions because Mm -hmm. of that submission fee, you know? Like, it's, um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure out when I'm allowed to lean back and when I, you know, lean forward and... Oh, or, or just bang the table. the table with my knee there. Um, yeah, no, there's been a bunch of, uh, there, there's there been a bunch of, there have been several um, uh, writing competitions that I've been like super excited about, really geared up for, but you got to spend somewhere between 15, sometimes as much as $50 to like hope somebody reads your story, you know? Does the winner get like a cash prize? Yeah, but, That's it, probably it, why. but it never feels like the cash prize is all the money that's going into that system. Oh, probably like not. Per I'm submission. Sure they some you know, of it. They're like, you might make $500. And it's like, I know 10 people that are in this competition. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, I don't even know like a fraction of them. Granted, I submitted it late and the fee is higher if you submit it late, but I paid 50 to send it to that one here yeah. in Nashville. It was expensive. I don't know. I guess it's mandatory at a certain point, but you would think for, uh, you know, some of these competitions at least. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with creatives who aren't making real money off of their project. So, like a fifty-dollar commitment to an entry fee is a commitment to. And an also, entry fee. when depending on what you're doing, your project is costing you money instead of making you yeah. money. Like we invested money in making the dolls, mm-hmm. and so you just dig yeah. yourself into the hole with it. And then, in order to get in front of the screen, you know, you you should be paying. Or charging the audience an entry fee to the <laughs> company. You would think that that would be how, and I'm sure it does. Again, I'm not terribly familiar with this. I'm not a professional, but you would think that, you know, like $10 tickets come in here and watch a whole bunch of really interesting movies, and then they got like a voting scale. And- well, I know, um, I'm sure different festivals are different, but I've been to the, like, the actual Nashville Film mm-hmm. Festival a couple of times, and I know if you're, um, film is in the festival uh they'll usually give you like a couple of free tickets for like you and your crew and stuff like that so i've gotten to go for free on films that i worked on and then the general public is invited to go in a lot of the time like if it's a local movie that like people were like extras and stuff in they get like excited and so they want to go see it and they have to pay to go so um they do let the like immediate like crew and stuff go for free but then local people can pay to go so it does generate revenue mm-hmm. so 
I don't know that the filmmakers see any of that money, though. I bet the festival keeps that money. So that is kind of, I guess, odd that you're also having to pay to submit. We should run a competition. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> we get nowhere near the following. We should be like, okay, the whole fucking situation's free because we're not making any money off of anything that's going on right now. We're just anyway. going to make fun of your film just while like, drinking. send me all your stuff, and I swear to God, I will put it in that DVD player. <laughs> and watch it. And Invite I all my friends. I will watch it. <laughs> oh, we'll take it to Josh's and put it on the projector. Oh, son. That's how we make a profit. We take it over to Josh's place. Mm-hmm. We throw it up on the projector in the uh, upstairs room right there. We invite mm-hmm. as many people over. Josh likes to cook, barbecue, Sunday. Sorry, Josh. You are locked up. Hosting our it. festival what do we call it? Oh, I don't know. I'm not good at names Sundance either. is like super classy. Like, <laughs> but that's taken. What do you yeah, think? I got that. No? No. Can't put I'll me come on up spot. with something and scream it at you spontaneously here in about 10 to 20 <laughs> minutes. I'll write it down on my piece of paper. On your jeans. Yeah. I'll write it. <laughs> you know, fucking people keep bringing that up. Apparently, it's gotten to the point where my jeans are so stained with ink, people are like, what's that on your leg? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm a psychotic person, and it's warmer outside, and my dumb ass keeps forgetting to bring a journal, so I'll just be sitting outside and be like, that's an idea. And, you know, you run out of hand room. <laughs> Start writing on your pants. I was going to say, it's gotten, you do it more than you used to, so it's gotten more noticeable. It used to be like a random splotch where you had written something down, and then a couple of weeks later, you might write something new. It's been like a lot more regular, so yeah, you have that. Well, it's because the weather's a lot nicer now, so I've been sitting outside a lot more. It's a beautiful day outside. We went and got our walk-in and stuff. We did. And And we did not get rained on. We didn't get rained on. Because the weather forecast guy is a liar. (laughs) And we slept in today. That's a thing that I'm trying to learn how to do is uh, relax. (laughs) And then feel insanely guilty about it immediately after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like, what'd you do today? And it's like, I don't know, man. I got the laundry done. I fucking went to the grocery store, cleaned the whole goddamn apartment. We're in the middle of doing a podcast. I might write later, might read a book. Uh, But imagine what all we could do if, like, we had. That extra three hours that I spent unconscious just letting my body recharge. <laughs> just another manic Monday. <laughs> Realistically, we're probably going to play chess later, so you're We still... did buy a chessboard. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess kind of leads me into the next thing, because the chessboard thing has to do with the book that I'm currently working on very, very slowly with my yellow <laughs> notepad taken up with me. It's not that slowly. Just came up with the idea relatively recently. Like two, two, three weeks ago, yeah. was it? But um, I'm not going to disclose any of the information regarding the book. Sorry. So if I do, you gotta uh, buy it. Timestamp. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case I, I say some stupid shit about that. Um, however, there the. There's an element of chess in the book. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Yeah, that's safe to say. It and so we bought a... the plot in any way. Yeah. So we bought a, uh, a chess board. We're going to learn how to play chess. Like, I know how to play chess. I'm going to learn how to play I've chess. I recently got the shit stomped out of me by a dude in the pawn shop, and he, he <laughs> fucked my whole life up <laughs> on a chess board in, like, 20 minutes. He was like... Just moving all around the place. And... Um, Anyway, that went nowhere. I, I might, I, I hit the the microphone and then lost. But I was, well, can you correct me? Sorry. Oh, we were just talking about the fact that we bought a chess set and kind of opening into the fact that you're working on a book. 
I am working on a book. That's where I was going mm -hmm. with this. I am working on a book, and I am reading a book. And the book that I'm reading is called The New Evil, which I... a Is it Michael H. Stone? It's right there. It's the big one. This one? Yeah. It is The New Evil, Michael H. Stone. Damn, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> and it is the follow-up to his The Anatomy of Evil, which I read while working on this really big paper about Ed Gein, uh, comparing him to Norman Bates from Psycho and like kind of tying all those. Why don't we have that up on the website? I really liked that paper. I really need to go back through and edit it. I'm yeah. still kind of debating whether or not I use that in a larger piece later. So. I really like that paper. Yeah. You should. It, it was, again, I need to clarify some things. For the listener, my, my paper started off as a uh, college term paper turned into a summer project because I thought that I could go put myself up for an award and it was supposed to be five pages and it was 17 <laughs> pages long. So <laughs> but it didn't feel like drug out or clunky or anything. Like it was a really interesting read for all. It was a very interesting pages. concept. I got nothing but positive feedback mm -hmm. on it and I felt like I, I laid it out all right. I just, I think it's an idea that I might play with again just from the things that I learned in writing that, that one, right? Yeah. But anyway, that's a different book altogether. That's uh, the research that I did for that one. A lot of it came out of The Anatomy of Evil, which is Michael Stone. He lays out this um, gradations of evil scale. It goes from one to 22, varying degrees of evil acts. And so like at one, you know, I can't remember the scale off the top of my head. You wind up with people who killed somebody, but they're not evil people. You can't even really consider what they did like there. Evil self-defense is probably number one. Yeah, it's either one or two. All the way out to the craziest of the craziest shit. Like Filleted your skin off. And people that do that, but they're not psychotic. Like <laughs> People who just love that stuff. And uh, it... It, Hannibal Lecter uh, seared your brain and then fed it to you. Yeah, your own brain. Way to go, Ray Liotta. <laughs> Tasted so good. Um, but that got me thinking about... <laughs> this is going to sound so fucking weird. It got me thinking about um, where, where I draw my inspiration from, mm -hmm. I guess, is where I was going with this little tirade I'm on. Um, I, I like to write horror stories and a lot of that comes out of when I was a child and I, probably 13 or 14 years old. My mother bought uh, Vincent Bugliosi's Helter Skelter for me, which if you've not read it, which I, I don't think you've read it, but you're familiar with it, mm. is uh, Bugliosi was the prosecutor in the Charles Manson trials and it's Bugliosi's book about the Manson murders and the, the trial that came after. And so thinking on inspirations, um, it, I can draw a straight line from that to writing horror stories with a psychological bent because I became obsessed with serial murder. And you start reading about all these horrific things and you can get into some pretty dark places in your head when you're trying to write about people dying. Yeah. Um, but you'll never get as fucked up as like the dude actually doing it. So it's good to remind yourself sometimes, you know, like... Um, what, how, how dark things can actually get so you, you don't draw yourself in too early. Like, you need to be able to really launch out into these horrific places. 
So I'm reading Michael Stone's New Evil. I will update everybody on that next week if I get any further in it, uh, which I hope to. I'm like a hundred and some odd pages in now. I'd like to have it done in the next you know, week or so. Um, but that had me thinking about inspiration. So like when you're doing what you do and you're, you know, you're getting ready to make the film, mm -hmm. um, you did like a show Bible type thing. Is that the proper term for uh -huh. it? And you were explaining to me the angles that you wanted to use and the mm -hmm. kind of shots that you wanted to make and the color schemes. And you had it all laid out so that I could visually see the film before, or not visually, what is it? Mentally see yes. the film uh, before we even started working, started on, it. working mm -hmm. on it. So where do you pull those type of inspirations from? Uh, I mean, a lot of it depends on the type of film that mm -hmm. you're making. Um, that's just like a standard thing they teach you in film school, mm -hmm. like certain shots, certain colors. Um, certain angles uh, all evoke specific emotions traditionally in people and um, you know the way that you go about using them uh, helps establish a mood for the film so um, depending on the type of film you know what you use and what you do is going to be completely different but that's one of the I think biggest advantages to working like directly with each other yeah. is like if there's you know, a section in the story that I don't necessarily understand what your intent was, or um, if we're just kind of workshopping the idea of it together, like we can sit down and talk about like what the intention behind that segment of the film was. So then before we ever start filming, like I like go on a massive Google dive and, you know, if I have like a film already in mind that like kind of reminds me of what I'm aiming for, like I might start there and then kind of just bleed off into separate branches. Like, like almost like what you do when you pitch a script where you're like, this is the good fellas. Mm -hmm. If it happened in 1475, <laughs> yeah, something like that. So, yeah, I kind of mix all these other concepts together. Yeah, I piece it all together and it, it helps if you're. Um, trying to pitch an idea but also um, I sent our show Bible out to the entire crew just so like the people that weren't necessarily involved in the actual creating of it like still knew what we were doing like my lighting person like knew um, what I wanted the lights to look like because I added like a whole section on like that and like the colors that we wanted to use um, but you used the actual like pictures from other films yeah like when mm -hmm. you were going color schemes and you wanted like an orange I think you used uh, no country in the uh, gas station scene I think that was for Ziggy I think you're oh, thinking of Ziggy this, yeah. yeah we did a show Bible for Ziggy too yeah I'm sorry um, yeah, like the dolls was a lot of like we were trying to um, evoke the main character's feeling of like isolation. So uh, there was a lot of blue in that mm -hmm. film, actually. If you go back and watch it and like keep that in mind, a lot of the shots are kind of blue. Like Paul's workshop was a little more orange than I wanted, but that's just because the whole thing was wood. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a little hard to control that as much. But um, yeah, like a lot of like uncomfortable angles if the bad character was the one that was on mm -hmm. a screen like very like closed in claustrophobic shots whenever we were trying to like make the main character seem like trapped um like a lot of blue like isolating colors actually no i have that wrong 
I haven't looked at the show Bible in a while. The end scene is blue. The rest of the film is kind of orange. So it might, you might be right. Old Country might have been. Well, I, I, I don't want to get like lost in the weeds on, you know. Um, I was more or less talking about the concept of that show Bible mm-hmm. for people that haven't worked on one before. Being like a collection of, I don't know, if you were looking to try to make a, a bad guy, maybe like you take the Joker from the Dark Knight and mm-hmm. you, you know, have like how he's shown in like his first moment, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, well, we want to do something like this to get this angle or to get this color. So like you, um, if you were like, we need like blood, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we need that orange. I am not here today. Never mind. <laughs> it's all right. We both slept in. It's thrown off our day. <laughs> but like the, the book itself is like a collection of snapshots from other films to kind of help you conceptualize well, what you're doing. Um, which granted, we took a screenwriting class together, which we already mentioned that in um, our other podcast. And that was a thing that we did for the show that we worked on for um, that class that we mm. took. And like I borrowed some of the concepts behind that. So like in the first pages of the show Bible, like I like to like delve into what the show's about. Like you get like a description of the show and then um, pre-casting the characters, I'll put like filler photos of kind of what I envision the characters to look like. And once we actually cast the characters, I'll swap out those photos for um, who the actual cast is. And then um, if we had a chance to go to the location pre-filming and do photos, I like to put in photos of the actual location just so the crew that haven't been to set can kind of like know what we're working with. And then um, like I'll do photos of just like inspiration for locations, inspiration for yeah shots, colors, stuff like that. So yeah, it's I a like lot it. of research. <laughs> Seeing the Bible develop is one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Much like we did in that class where we had the uh, mock trailer for the the thing that the class wrote. Um, it makes it go. It almost feels like a dream board type thing <laughs> you're like this is an idea wouldn't it be great if steve buscemi was in my movie <laughs> and then like you get a guy who looks like steve buscemi to like mm-hmm. be in your thing you know like you get to pull his picture down replace it with an actual face of an actual person who's actually gonna be there like, mm-hmm. it kind of gives it that you know like it air is, of professionalism it is kind of cool because like I, I usually put like the name of the actual actor under the photo too so it's like just a holder photo of what I'm looking for with just question marks in the name <laughs> spot. And then I'm like, oh, I get to fill that in today. I have so, a name. Why, yes, Robert De Niro. <laughs> you can be in You my can film. be in my movie. <laughs> I am that good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I usually have like one or two films in mind that I kind of start at and then branch off to mm. like things that kind of remind me of whatever concept I'm looking for. Where do you, like, do you have to go watch a bunch of movies, do you think? Like, how do you find those uh, type things? Like, I've read a whole bunch of books. Yeah. So, I like, th- I can reflect back to, like, if I want to revisit a thing, I can just go find the book. Yeah. Does you, do you, like, categorize film like that in your head? Or, like, you remember specific shots and you're like, oh, shit, that's 1993's 
be film college <laughs> thing. I got to go back into I think the a, world. I think a lot of like classic films, yeah, like have memorable moments in them. So yeah, there are certain films that I can be like, oh yeah, like yeah. remember how they did that. But like uh, films that aren't as popular, probably not mm-hmm. to that level of detail. <laughs> I might remember like some things, but I... That is one thing I need to be better about. I do think it is actually very important to um, watch as many films and study as many films as you can. But I have a job that I work 12 hours at, so I basically only watch what we watch together (laughs) whenever we relax at night. So I do need to be better about that, because yes, I do think that is how you go about kind of establishing your own mental library. Oh, there's no excuse for it, really, why we can't switch to watching movies but sometimes it's fun to just have like a i mean even what we consider to be dumb nighttime entertainment is still pretty good it's on my notes i get to seamless if i didn't do what i'm doing right now (laughs) for example (laughs) recently introduced Kristen to the twilight zone the the original the original twilight zone Everybody hold your applause. I don't know if you've heard of this show. (laughs) Think of Magic Mirror or Broken Mirror or what's the... Black Mirror. Black Mirror. You were close. (laughs) But better than Black Mirror. (laughs) And you have the original Twilight Zone. Because the writing in that show is fucking next level. Everything's shot in black white. They only had like four actors... It's brilliant. <laughs> it is pretty good. I will say. I've had, which it's a very old film, when, or a very old show. When did it come out? Uh, like, I want to say 56, but yeah. I'm not 100% the, sure. The 50s. Um, so, to be fair, uh, cinema has changed a lot since then. But I, ha- I have had a few minor complaints where I was like, oh, like, it was brilliant until they did that one thing. Yeah. But other than that, a very good show. It's just... The concepts are just fucking... Because you got to think, what else from that time period? If I put it on right now, would you be like, oh shit, I get to watch, you know, the talking horse comedy thing. Like, I do <laughs> The Twilight Zone fucking earth-shattering. I like, so far, we're not super far into it yet. I think we're still in the first season, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I do like how... Um... It doesn't have any of the like over the top flair of modern cinema. There's like not jump scares. Like the scary element in the film isn't always necessarily shown. Like it is very like suspenseful yeah. in the moments where they're trying to build tension. And I do like deeply appreciate that because they I... overplay with the music a bit. Sometimes, yeah. yeah, yeah, that is true. Sometimes they do, but it's not like we're trying to startle you it's just like music that's supposed to make you feel a little uncomfortable it's not like a sudden bang of a drum set or something you know ominous classical music (laughs) as she walks down the fucking subway thing (laughs) yeah so we did that I didn't come up with a competition name yet I'm still thinking of what we named I got nothing uh Derelict's doing derelict shit. Derelict's doing derelict shit. God damn right. So what do you want to talk about? 
I, I thought we could fly through an hour and three show notes. We got pretty good, and then we just kind of stumbled out of control. <laughs> I realized that you've only seen like three or four episodes of The Twilight Zone. I've, this is like my third time going through it. And I'm like, yeah, isn't it great? You're yeah. like, I have no idea what you're talking about. No, I do think it's fun, though, because you and I don't necessarily, I think, before we started seeing each other, like, watch the same thing. So it's been kind of cool to, like, explore, like, genres that I might not not necessarily have, like, picked on my own, like, um, especially, you know, your affinity for horror. Um, Mine's much more PG than yours. Like, I, I, Mm I didn't dislike horror by any means before we started dating, but it was, like... A little more cheesy, a little less like, like cover my eyes. Have you seen Ghost Ship? And I was like, Have you no, seen the Serbian movie? A Serbian film? <laughs> <laughs> Ghost Ship is traumatizing. I still stand by that. No, a, a Serbian film is traumatizing. So traumatizing. I'm never watching it again. I have only <laughs> vowed in my life to never watch this one film. I was talking earlier about botched executions in which people. <laughs> It can be seen on the internet literally having their heads ripped off by the drop being too fucking low. I refuse to watch a Serbian film. But, but my goal is... I watched that cop in Nashville get slammed from that ATV into that bike uh, rack yeah. 50 times in a Aww. row the other day. I will Aww. never watch a Serbian film ever again. <laughs> but my goal eventually is to at least somewhat get you to like my cheesy like sci-fi fantasy stuff because... We're definitely going to at least attempt Stranger Things together because I really we like We can that do show. it. We can do it. I've got no complaints on Stranger Things. I've it's never really good never show. seen it. I, I, do, I get really uncomfortable if this makes sense. It's going to make me sound like a hipster. I swear to <laughs> God, I'm not. When there is an adoration for something mm-hmm. that like everybody's like, it's great. It just <laughs> it bothers me. I need to let that die Can't and then the watch crowd. it. Like I've I've still not seen um, Jordan Peele's first movie. Oh, um, Get Out. Get Out. I've mm-hmm. still not seen that. I know it's fucking fantastic because everybody I know that has seen it has told me that it's fucking fantastic. I am gonna wait until Us is on DVD, <laughs> and then I'm gonna go watch Get Out. You watch. Well, I don't know that that was like universally loved. You did watch Hereditary with me, though. And, Hereditary uh, was fucking brilliant. It was brilliant. very highly rated. But I think that was three years off the map with that one, didn't I? Hereditary came out a couple of years ago. I don't know. Let's find out. Let's Google it. Let's find out, Internet. When did Hereditary come I think it is a little bit But yeah, no, I, I, I skipped Hereditary for the same reason. I was like, I am hearing way too much about this thing. I need to forget. No, 2018. 2018. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like maybe a 2016. Mm-mm. I didn't let that breathe as long as I thought I did. 7.3 stars on IMDb. It was fucking incredible, though. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care oh and i won't spoil it we won't talk about it i didn't care for the ending too much but the rest of the Uh film like the very tail end of the film like the last five minutes i was like "Eh." the rest of the film was fucking phenomenal is insanity yeah Yeah. and it wasn't like like a here's the trailer oh by the way that's just the first 15 minutes and it's gonna (laughs) scare the shit out of you and then some shit happens at minute 15 and i shit my pants threw up on my shirt And I was like, well, where the fuck are we going to do for the next hour and a half? Because they've already shown everything. 
why does that not happen more with trailers? Well, actually, that's a, and we haven't seen it yet because uh, it hasn't actually released in theaters here, but I know it's done some festival circuits. Um, the remake of Pet Cemetery. I don't yeah. know if you've seen. I this. haven't seen any trailers oh, about it. Well, okay. I am completely blocking my mind, and then I'm walking I into won't, that movie. I won't here. spoil it for you then. I've, but I've like, read the book. Well, <laughs> no, that's, that's, no, that's the, the plot. No, that's the point I'm making is like. The first trailer they show you, it's like it seems like it's very traditionally like what the book is. The second trailer spoils a fairly large plot twist point from the book. No, it's not in the book. Like they, the people that made it, like said um, that they didn't want to try to touch like completely remaking the original film because it was, you know, yeah, a well loved film. So they were like, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna put our own spin on it. So there is a fairly significant plot change and they put it in the trailer so like they gave it away to you can you tell me because it's in the trailer yes okay um the little boy isn't the one who dies they killed the daughter the daughter's the one that gets reanimated they didn't kill gage no they killed the daughter so yeah and that's in the trailer your face (laughs) you look so unhappy they're gonna turn winston churchill into a fucking tabby cat and they're not gonna kill gage no they killed the daughter yeah. And that's in the trailer. Like, they give that away in the trailer. Wasn't the daughter a fucking baby? No, she's like a eight-year-old. That's right. That's right. She's that's a little right. bit older. Oh, oh you look so angry. <laughs> How are they... But if you watch the trailer for it, she's kind of freaky. Like, and Stephen King... Yeah, they, no, it's no. great. The next time we could remake Harry Potter and it could all be about Hermione. And Harry no, Potter goes but... suck a dick and we're still going to call it Harry Potter. Fuck that. They're Stephen writing a goddamn... Stephen King gave what? it his stamp of approval. <laughs> Stephen King's getting old and ornery at his old Aww. age. Like, and apparently it's like, a lot of people have been like no, praising it and said no. it was like horrifying. Like, no, I'm it's sure it's scary. Hard. No, no. Gage dies. That's the plot of the book because it's about a relationship between a man and his son. It's the same reason why Winston matters at all in the book. Because Winston is his driving rage. It's him um, with his balls clipped off. It's him as the family man who used to be the fucking rough and tumble cat out in the wilderness. And then his son dies and he loses the ability to see that go down to the next generation. You turn it into a daughter, you kill the entire metaphor that runs Pet Sematary. Unless the the mom is the one... No, 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 not, not, no, not the one who, up. no, not, not the one who, who buries the kid. I think that's still I'm just going to throw my beer in your face because they're not here right now. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I don't, they don't say that in the trailer, but I don't think the mom's the one who buries the daughter. I think it's still the dad, but the mom is apparently like a more integral character and like it's about like that. She's the best plot twist in the book. The daughter? The mom. Oh, well, you know, well, they're, yeah. like, dealing with that grief in general and supposedly it was really well done and Stephen King, like. Said it was really good, so I... I will I will watch it. I will watch it. You told me it. to spoil it for you, so that's your fault. No, if that's what they're doing, I'm happy I didn't walk in waiting on Gage to die because mm-hmm. I would have walked out of the fucking movie theater. I, I, oh, but that's an example of, out. which granted, again, we haven't seen the film, so we don't know how the rest of the film is, but that's an example, again, of like a major plot point being spoiled in the trailer. Which maybe they did that on purpose because they were afraid people were going to be mad. <laughs> people are going to be mad. It's like this is it, and uh, I don't know. Pennywise isn't a clown anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck that. 
that's infuriating. That bothered me a lot more than it should. <laughs> he looked so mad. Whew. <laughs> 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 oh, Christ. Breathe. <laughs> Breathe. Somebody else's film. You can, And you wanted to remake it, too. Actually, we, we had discussions about remaking before it ourselves. They, before, <laughs> before it was announced. I've had a bunch of ideas like that where I was like, it'd be really cool to do this. And then we turn on Netflix and somebody's stolen the fucking, it's the the NSA. They're listening in. They're stealing all my ideas trying to drive (laughs) me insane with this thing called Netflix. (laughs) Hey, but that's part of our podcast though. Netflix is, oh no, they took away the star reviews though, didn't they? That, uh, no, don't bring up two things that are going to piss me off. We're trying to do, we're trying to do two star reviews. Netflix takes away the five star rating system, says we're only going to show you movies that you like, which is stupid. You're going to wind up in a tiny movie echo chamber. You're never going to find the thing again. Like, I, this has got a 83% amongst people who are into the same Some horseshit. Some people might together. really have an affinity for just okay films. Yeah, but I can't write 82.3% Tuesdays. <laughs> You're taking the ring away. Now I don't have any fucking twos. There's no two stars. There's no star system. This generation's too soft. <laughs> they didn't take away the thumbs down, though, at least, so... It could be just you either thumbs up it or you nothing. <laughs> so it could be fifty fifty Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> two Star Tuesday does have a good ring to it. Two Star Tuesdays was the best name, and then the week after we name it Two Star Tuesdays, mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. <laughs> we should have looked at the news and realized Netflix had this whole fucking goddamn it. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm ruining your relaxed day. I didn't have a relaxed day to begin with. <laughs> oh, I cannot believe. You're <coughs> so mad about Pet Cemetery. You I can't am. just sit there and be mad about that. It's like if they remade The Green Mile. <laughs> like they remake The Green Mile, except the guard is the eight foot tall, muscly black dude, and the prisoner is Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what the fuck are you on about? No, no, this is not. No, you're killing the metaphor. They don't do that with Hamlet. In Hamlet, they keep the solid plot points. Like when they, they've remade Hamlet a whole shitload of times. I was going to say, but it. they did do uh, Romeo and Juliet, but with guns. Yeah, and guess what? It was still about Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> but with guns. But with guns. They had guns. They had that weird scene that was kind of like Zoolander in the middle of it. It's the only part I remember. And they get in a shootout in a gas station. They get in the shootout somewhere. I can't remember yeah. where it is. I haven't seen it in a long time. Fuck. Well, remakes. Let's get on that because I can. I, I'm, I'm in a tangent now. <laughs> I'm gonna let you uh, tangent away. I'm gonna go refill my wine. You got me another beer. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, so we just did the eye, the two star review of the eye with Jessica Alba, and that had what was her name? Uh, Chloe Grace. Rex. Yeah, something like that. I mean, we mispronounced it in our last podcast. Yeah, we, we learned that because we were playing Jeopardy yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, turns out she was Carrie in the Carrie remake. And I actually quite liked the Carrie remake, if I remember correctly. It's not the original Carrie. It's not as grainy um, 
of a carry. And I liked the Last House on the Left remake a lot. Like the, yeah. That one was really good. Talk about that a movie that major, fucks with you. Oh, yeah. The ending. The ending is fucking... The original is better, in my opinion. Uh, Wes Craven's just Which, camcorder, low-budget horror film. Coincidentally, was one of the inspirations when we were doing the dolls. <laughs> it was. It was part of the missing beginning. He was supposed mm-hmm. to masturbate to the chainsaw scene from Last House on the Left. Yeah. Um, the funniest remake... I think, is the remake of Psycho with Vince Vaughn. Have you seen that one? You've shown me like a clip, but we haven't actually like, watched it. They did a shot-by-shot remake. like So you can play them simultaneously and the same thing would happen on both screens. Same shots, same dialogue, but it's all in color. Yeah, I think you showed me the shower scene Yeah. in the remake. And then I've seen that. But, uh, I didn't like the shower scene as much in color, which granted I haven't seen the films, so I can't compare the two films, but for some reason it seemed less impactful to see the red color of the blood, which you would think would be the opposite. You would think um, that I don't think Vince Vaughn is... Let me try to figure... Like Sometimes when you put a bad guy or a, a traditional good guy in a bad guy role like mm-hmm. a Vince Vaughn... Um, as a serial killer, you, you're shooting for the audience is going to be sympathetic for a little while. There's going to be moments where they like forgive him just because he looks normal. And Vince Vaughn has that, but he doesn't have what Anthony Perkins had in, uh, Hitchcock's psycho, Mm -hmm. which is the ability to completely change his face by changing the angle of his face. Like he looked like the boy next door. And then he would tilt his eyes down and look at you from, like, right there. And it looked like he had goddamn devil horns. <laughs> like, he, his whole face would change just by looking down, like, at a 45 and then looking at you in the eyes. And Vince Vaughn didn't have that same kind of face. It's kind of a weird thing to be mad at Vince I'm Vaughn's sure face. But at least I'm not mad about Pet Cemetery anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's played the bad guy in other films, but it is kind of hard to picture... Like he, he his just, face when you think bad guy that's not who I who I go to yeah it works sometimes I'm trying to think of another um, what other movies have done that they've taken a traditional good guy um, Mr. Brooks with Dan Cook I don't think I've seen that one oh, that's a really good one so Kevin Costner made like three good movies and like that's one of them <laughs> I feel like I know at least one or two but nothing's coming to mind I I know I know one where there was a traditional good guy in the role but I can't remember it's gone I mean Heath Ledger I don't think was playing bad guys before the Joker yeah but he wasn't like wholesome family no he wasn't but I don't know I I don't think he ever played a role quite that what other remakes I probably got a few of them up there the new Chucky's coming out right are they doing another Are they doing another? Chucky never stops, baby. (laughs) Oh, wait, that's right. We have talked about that because we were talking about whether or not they'd do a real doll or if they'd do CGI. That's right. We did discuss this. It'd be interesting to see Chucky done with like an animatron. At this point, I think you could probably make a robot that would cut that CGI look out. Like you could really, Mm -hmm. you you could fuck somebody up with Chucky. Were the other ones CGI? It's been, I haven't. 
I want to say that they were all... Was the original CGI? The, the original might not have. The first, like, three might not have. I'd have yeah. to go back and rewatch them. But I know that they definitely turned CGI relatively early. Yeah, I guess that probably would be a hard film to do and not yeah. do CGI. Like, the original, it's just a doll at points. So, like, when Chucky's, like, diving off of a piece of equipment, it's just some dude with a camera throwing a doll at a little boy. Like, the one that says, Heidi Ho. you bastard. Heidi Ho. <laughs> <laughs> Doll's fucking creepy. I'm still mad. That movie didn't make sense to me as an adult, though. Shocking. Yeah, it creeped me out as a kid. And granted, I know probably the later you get into the series, the more like sinister the stuff that happens probably is. But I watched the first one a couple of years ago. It's the first time I've really watched it as an adult, and like. The cop is, like, in the room at the end when they finally defeat Chucky. And I'm like, dude, just shoot him. Cut him across the room. Something. All he's got is a knife. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why he's so hard to kill. pretty effective at killing black people. Can't kill this <laughs> I mean, like, I, I get, like, okay, because that's a, a factor in... The original Pet Cemetery too. If he like sneaks up on you and slits that Achilles yeah. heel, like you're down for the count. So you know maybe don't get caught on the ankles, yeah. but like come on, like drop kick that fucker. But it's also like their equivalent of like if Ted Bundy was a voodoo witch who was capable of putting himself like, chop his head off. Like I, they mm. do everything to Chucky. They throw Chucky in, in a, the fire in a fire and melt him, and he comes out of there. Like Chucky is. That's a cool shot because he comes out flaming, screaming. Yeah. There's a fucking like melted arm and it's just like still swinging still, the knife. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> I forgot about that. And that's pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> what are movies that you can never remake? Uh, I mean, I don't know that any are really wholly off limits because I feel like after Could so Could you long, ever remake The Godfather? Or Citizen Kane. I think after so long, someone will try. Like, I would put... Do you think it would go well? Not necessarily. I'm not saying that it'll go well. That doesn't mean somebody won't try. Like, I don't think anybody should ever... And I know that's not really your genre. Like, but I don't think anybody should ever, like, try to touch the original Star Wars. Like, I think the original yeah. Star Wars is leaps and bounds above well, anything they've come out with. you've got a fan there that would, like, literally try to kill the director who tried to replace well, George Lucas. Well, well yeah, one, two, that already happened? One, two, and three were pretty awful, and George Lucas did those. So uh, You're going to piss off the Star Wars community. Most people in the Star Fagan, Wars community don't Fagan, like one, two, and three. if you're listening, I, am, I, I, I disagree with whatever you disagree <laughs> with. Don't send a mail bomb. Most people in the Star Wars community apartment. don't like one, two, and Do three. I, I said most people in the Star Wars community don't like well, one, Fagan, two, and three. Well, Fagan, if you don't like one, two, and three, I take back everything I just said. <laughs> or like even like the J.J. Abrams um, remakes were like really well done but I don't which ones were those? they just started like making like episode one episode um like with Mar- that would have been seven and no god that's one two and three George oh Arbanks I thought you is, meant the, uh, the original that's three four and five they came out out of order. He released. He released one, two, three, three, four, five. Like he this re- motherfucker he, released. He released twice. three, four, and five, and had prequels written, but hadn't shot them because he and imagined. That's the Darth Maul, Jar Jar. Yeah, those are the prequels, because he imagined the world that it ended up being like this In big a elaborate world. Far, far away. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and um, CGI hadn't caught up to that point. Like pretty much everything in three, four, and five is practical effects. So. Um, 
he didn't want to shoot the prequels first because he needed cinema to catch up to what his vision was and then cinema caught up and everybody hated it because it was so poorly executed but um no jj abrams did seven and eight i believe and then they replaced him oh no uh sorry um eight was a different person Um, there are eight star wars they're doing a ninth right now (laughs) Oh, they may be done filming it already, yeah. Is Harrison Ford still alive? They killed his character. His character's dead. Luke they... Skywalker? No, he played Han Solo. They killed Han. Who played Luke Skywalker? Uh, that was... Uh... Oh my god. Uh, Mark Hamill. I was like, I cannot Mark believe... I cannot believe I just I blanked on his played... name. Samuel L. Jackson was in that movie. That he was in the remake or the prequels. He was in the prequels. Yeah, I thought he was in the original. Mm-mm. He was in the prequels. He played one of the Jedi. I can't remember his. I will name. never watch Star Wars. I, <laughs> I, I'm putting this out right now uh, for everyone to listen to. Uh, we would we would need some serious bribe money for me to sit down and try to watch Star Wars because I'm not watching nine space movies about aliens. Well, I would skip one, two, and three entirely. They're not worth watching at all. I did like. All I know is that Anakin is terrible. Uh, Darth. Um, uh, Vader. Vader. <laughs> I was trying to remember the actor's name who voiced him. James. Earl Ray. Yeah. June. No. One of them killed Martin Luther King. <laughs> <laughs> this is also and on the Jeopardy. The other one was Darth Vader. This was also on Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be like the most significant black actor of your time. Like the guy that they, they had do Fences. And also have the same name as the dude who shot the most important dude ever. Like, you don't want to... I feel like it would be worse to be a white actor with that name, because then they'd be like, that's the motherfucker who shot that guy. Yeah, no, you don't want to be... Is John... Now I can't remember. It's James. Is James Earl Ray? Yeah. Or Hank... Who... My whole brain's collapsing. (laughs) Just start to say Hinkley. Who is Hinkley? (laughs) I don't know if that's a real person, but it made me think of Ace Ventura. Lace is out! <laughs> John Hinckley Jr.? No, that was like Peter Hinckley or no, something think, like that in the can, movie. Can you please look up... Uh, Darth Vader? No, Hinckley. I need oh. to know where this name's coming from. <laughs> My brain is a mess. <laughs> Sorry. I know that's not remotely related, but it made me think. No, of... my whole brain is a calliope. Ah, uh, you're gonna have to give me more to go on. John Hinckley is... Jr. No, John Hinckley. Uh, attempted to assassinate Ronald Reagan. Okay, cool. I knew he was in my brain for a reason. He had something to do with assassinations, but. At least now we know he did not play Darth Vader. He <laughs> wounded Reagan with a bullet that ricocheted yeah. and hit him in the chest. And you can watch the speech that he did like two weeks after that shit. A balloon pops in the back of the room and Reagan stops giving a speech. He goes, missed me. <laughs> <laughs> he was obsessed with some actress. And he was uh, trying to kill Reagan so he could win her over. Oh, okay. Because that's how that works. It it's the only Happy Valentine's, so. baby. I killed the president for you. How much do you. I love you? I'm ready to crumble the free world. Like, <laughs> I'm about to take this motherfucker out. 
<laughs> like all the things that you should have been shooting at Reagan for that dude's <laughs> trying to do it for love <laughs> so anyway remakes I'm not saying that they should remake the Reagan shooting no. <laughs> oh, okay, we might need to time stamp my assassination threat <laughs> um, yeah no but to circle back around I, I think there are definitely films that if you remade them, they wouldn't be well accepted. Even the eye isn't like some classic film in our culture, but it wasn't well rated because well, of the different. original. That's different because it was uh, that was a foreign film. So like it's not I'm, a remake. Well, like if Japan wanted to do Saul as their version of Saul, I would love to see that, like for sure. You know, where it's all in Japanese. They've got, like, their version, their take of what is right and wrong. My, my, my favorite joke about the upstairs neighbor on the last podcast was, I'm sorry, that's my neighbor beating his wife with his children. This <laughs> always makes me, every time they do that, which, again, is that one in your book, that story, or is that one that was on the website? That was one I wrote for a class. It, it, I don't think oh, it it's not in the book, damn. It might not even be I was be about to plug website. your book, because I was going to say, every time I hear the upstairs neighbors, that's what I think of, that story that you wrote about the upstairs neighbor. Yeah. I'm just yeah, I wrote like, a story. Yeah. If it's not on the website, I'll put it on the website. You I just got to dig around. But just so people can collectively have this is, thought as they hear our neighbors banging above us. Yeah, is I I wrote a character whose upstairs neighbors were constantly arguing or forever fighting. And so he spent all night talking through the floor to the neighbors, and the husband shoots the wife. And the downstairs neighbor is stuck with a growing blood stain on his ceiling that talks to him for the first time. Well, he's not literally having a conversation with the neighbors above him. He's intimidate or intimidating, imitating, imitating the voices to start arguments. Like yeah. if the wife walks out of the room, he like imitates. Hey, bitch. Yeah, like he imitates one of their voices. Yeah, and, and he, starts up a new argument. But he basically, by proxy, murders the wife mm-hmm. and starts hearing voices come out of the bloodstain in the ceiling. I am so fucking brilliant. I don't know why. Yeah, if that story's not on the site, it needs to be on the site. Yeah. Nightmarebox.blog. Not dot blog. Should we do our plugs? Should we? Should we plug away? What's our Instagram? Uh, that is Nightmare Box Productions. And at our, Nightmare Box Productions. And our twats. Our twats. Our, <laughs> our Twitter is uh, at Nightmare Box Pro. Our email is Nightmare Box Productions at Gmail. We will have a podcast up before you're listening to this. So I will have a plug for that later. Because <laughs> I don't have it today. <laughs> Whenever this whole situation goes out, you guys are... Um, Gonna probably be hit with three, four, five hours worth of shit right right off the bat. And then we'll get to the point where you're listening to us the week of whatever we're mm-hmm. talking about. So uh, we apologize directly for the delay. Uh, we didn't realize that the wait period was this long or that it would take us this long to kind of get things where we needed to go. But mistakes were made. There you go. Cheers. Probably because I'm drinking on my job. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but.
us out later it's dinner time I've kind of gotten used to this now and I like do you want to keep going I don't, I don't know how far we go I don't know 1,667 switch it to time can you while it's running where is that the arrow click close you do it while it's running time ooh a motherfucking hour almost an hour Get to a closing note. All of this can get edited out. Mm, I can. Dead space. I'm a smooth motherfucker. Because you a smooth motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you were making fun of me earlier at the store. I said, "We out. <laughs> we out this bitch." <laughs> so we're two white people day drinking on a Sunday. <laughs> we out. We in here. <laughs> so um. Yeah, I guess that's about it. There's not a... I wish I... What I need to start doing is writing down a thing. A closer. Like, like a closing... Uh, hey. We can be a Mr. Rogers, have a closing closing thought for the day. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> Remember, I love you guys. Remember, I love you. Um, so what do we talk about today? Um... Uh, a shitload. Uh, a very angry rant about Pet Cemetery. <laughs> we started off slow. Like, we, we, we did a slow roll. We walked right in. We did color schemes. And then Show I Bible. screamed about remakes. And then we talked about films that you could never remake. Talked about inspiration. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I hope that that wasn't a ramble. I hope that, you know, if we can revisit that again in the future. <sighs> But, and this is where we can come out of our time stamp, I think. <laughs> we submitted the podcast. Big accomplishment. You hit the submit button. And that means the world to me. That once again, I've yelled a crazy thought at you. And here we are for episode nine or ten wherever the fuck we are in uh trying to get this thing off the ground and you've spent hours of your time because you believe in something that i probably yelled at you at 11 o'clock at night on a random wednesday when all you wanted to do was go to bed (laughs) and i'll never forget that and i'll never forget this so i love you i love you and i love you guys And we'll talk to you in a couple of days.